We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. fans how you doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast coming at you on a wednesday um we have just one game remaining before the all-star break although um and i didn't realize this i think until like a week or two ago we have officially reached the halfway point of this NBA season for the Knicks, at least um, they played against the Spurs last night, their 36th game out of 72. So that is indeed halfway. Um, you will not hear me talk about that Spurs game um, on this podcast, as I imagine you are becoming accustomed to. Uh, but I will remind you anyway, uh, if you want to hear me talk about that game, um, tune into either the KFS YouTube channel for my live stream or just check out the podcast version of that live stream, which should already be in your feed right now. Um, I'm recording this at about five o'clock on um, Tuesday, a little bit before they're going to play that game. Um, and the conversation you're going to hear is um, from Monday. So still very relevant. Got a chance to talk to, I, I, can proudly say he is the most common recurring guest on this show. And I would have it no other way. Um, I, I feel like I, sh- I could say KFS's own David Futternick, um, but I, I, I won't bestow that um, designation on him without his approval. Um, we had a lot of fun. We, uh, we talked about the, obviously the first half of the season and some stuff going on as well as uh, we gave out some awards as it were for this opening half of the NBA season uh, to certain Knicks. A 
couple other programming announcements. Got our usual pod coming on Friday. Definitely check that out. Very excited for Friday's guest. I'm not going to spoil it, who it is, but um, someone that I've long admired, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy that conversation. Um, only other thing I, I guess I just want to touch on really quickly is it, it, it was interesting, I think today in particular, but really probably over the last the last 48 hours, um, and and we'll see how how relevant this is after the Spurs game. But like, it's always interesting when your team becomes a national media story, right? It's like, you know, it, you could sense that it was coming because people had been kind of talking about the Knicks a little bit here and there, like, oh, it's spunky Knicks are doing better than expected, this and that. And then once they went two and zero this weekend, um. And they got above 500. It was, you know, all of your NBA podcasts and like the people who do like the weekly NBA articles. Everybody's like, hey, look at the Knicks. Fourth in the East. Um, Which on one hand is like, cool, great. They're talking about us. On the other hand, it's like, how dare you talk about us? You don't know us. Don't come acting like you know who the fuck we are. Um <laughs> But, you know, so a lot of a lot of complex emotions there. Um, but no, it's a good thing. Um, it's absolutely a good thing for this team to get recognized um, for something good, um, because God knows we've gotten recognized for a lot of bad shit over the years. Um, and I think most of the things that people are saying are complimentary. That's that's the other interesting part as like a content creator. Like I've been talking about this stuff and writing about it for however many months and um, you hear, you know, some some somebody just kind of all of a sudden be like, oh, well, you know, the thing about the Knicks is they're getting very lucky with these three point shots from their opponents. Like, yeah, we know uh, it's been it's been that way for for two months now. Um, you know, maybe at some point somebody will be like, hey, you know what? Maybe it has to do with who they're giving up these three pointers to and kind of the um, the veracity with which they defend these possessions as a whole. Um, and, and, you know, in the context of the possession where the three point is going up, it's like, I think you can explain away, like, so you could definitely, there is definitely a segment of basketball that you could just be like, here, it's math. Look at the math. It's as simple as that. Um, and I think other things are just, you know, you, you kind of have to pay attention to the games and I'll probably do a newsletter on this at some point in the next couple of weeks where I break down a game or two in full and be like, let's actually take a look and see, you know, how much of this is luck and how much of this is, is something not luck. Um, but so all of that stuff was going around today as my daughter comes in here and, and says, hi, you have ice cream all over your face. Do you know that? Yeah, you do. Okay. Daddy's almost done. And, and I just come to, you got ice cream on your sleeve by accident? It's okay. We'll change your shirt in a minute, okay? I'll be right there. Um, sorry about that. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, it's nice that people are talking about it. It's nice that people are saying nice things. Brian Windhorst went on his podcast today and predicted, uh, and you could have seen this coming, right? That he thought a star would you know, try to force their way to the Knicks via trade in the next 12 months. I mean, this is not the last we'll hear of, of something of this nature. And I don't, I don't think that he's wrong necessarily. Um, and, and people will start to talk about it because if you have a good team in New York, um, 
you know, look what happened last time. Um, Carmelo Anthony forced his way here. So um, it, it's not like it's it's crazy to to um, think that that is a, a possibility. But um, the, the only other thing I'll add is that I, I think the, the danger that you get, because I do think, I will admit that, like, are, are the Knicks the second best defense in the league? Probably not. Are they the seventh best? Are they the fifth best? Are they the 10th best? I don't know. Somewhere in that range. Um, but the, the fact is if they're, let's just say for argument's sake, the eighth best defense in the NBA, right. Or the seventh best defense in the NBA, if they're only the 23rd or 24th best offense, well, what does that mean? That means that they are not the 11th best team in the, in the league, which is what their net rating right now would, would, would portend. Um, but they're probably something more like the 15th or the 16th best team which in reality I think is what they are. I think they're a middle-of-the-road team, um, and I think that's fine. But I think the danger is we are all sitting here getting used to the fact, like, holy shit, we're a top-four seed, when really we should be more settling in with, like, all right, we're a solid, maybe, possibly playoff team, but in all likelihood, we're a play-in team. And we're a team that, like, if we get in that play-in, if we get home court in the play-in, if we like get in the seventh or eighth seed in the play-in, um, you know, all the better. Um, but what do you think? Do you think the Knicks are a good team, or do you think the Knicks are a mediocre team? A good team. A good team? Really? Do you are you basing that on their net rating, or are you basing that on just the eye test? Or do you not know? You think I'm gonna think about it for a while? You could think about it for a while. She's gonna think about it for a the while. Eye test. The eye test. I love this kid. I love this kid. All right. With that, uh, <laughs> with that, uh, I'm very excited to present to you returning. I don't even know how many times this is. Uh, three times, four times, ten times. Who, who could have lost count? Um, the one and only David Futterneck. All right. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, he is uh, a famous person. He's probably he's, at this point, he's probably too famous to be on the show, um, God. but he keeps coming on, I think, because he feels bad for the little people. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's he's just what, what can I say about him other than that? Uh, he's a friend. He's someone that started out as a podcast guest and now he's a friend, but he is still the John Goodman of the Nick's Home School podcast. So <laughs> please give a hearty welcome to David Futternick. <laughs> John, what? I am one not famous. I thought you might say one. I'm not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're a big deal. That, that that reminds me of uh, that like Marty Funkhauser line from Curb Enthusiasm when he's like he says to Larry like, "If you were my best friend, I'd punch your face in right now." And Larry goes, "What? You're not my best friend." <laughs> Well, we're off to a rousing start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's great to be here. It's great to be a Knicks fan right now. Do you have an opening uh, monologue for us? Is that no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm always off the cuff. Come on. Come I love on. it. Uh, uh, no, I don't. Pre- if you, anyone who listens to my NBA podcast knows that I don't prepare for anything. So um, that's, that's why we get along so well. <laughs> that's the best way to be. I mean, come on. It, it is. Uh, um, speaking of, I feel like at any moment, we could be interrupted by your wife going to labor. So this is very exciting for me. I, I was expecting to wake up this morning and get a text from you like, 
Uh, I'm at the hospital, uh, but I'm still going to try to make this work. Uh... So here's the question. Do I pack? Do I pack podcast equipment in the in the overnight bag? I mean, is Dolores cool with that? She I think I just heard that. a laugh from the other room. I think it was. <laughs> that's a wife. yes. Yeah. So that's a yes. Um, yeah, she'd be cool with it and that she'd throw it at my head if she knew that I did that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we should timestamp this, I guess. Uh, so we're, we're actually recording on uh, it is Monday at, at 3 p.m. So a couple of days before you're you're hearing this at home. And part of the reason we are doing it early is because we want to make sure we get this podcast in. Um, so, uh, well, we'll get right into it. Uh, as of right now, the Knicks are about a game above 500. Nobody um, even close to them below them. It's no just, one close. It, no log jam. It's they're, a chasm. Yeah. They're by themselves on an island in fourth place. Um, so when this pie drops, they will either have uh, beaten the San Antonio Spurs to go two games above 500, or they will have lost um, to go to back to 500. But then they get another game against Detroit, which, knock on wood, um, goes well. I, I kind of don't think it matters too much what happens against San Antonio, which is why I was like more than comfortable recording with you uh, today. Um, and here's where I want to start before we get into our, our fun little um, award ceremony that we're going to do in a few minutes. Are the Knicks good, David Futternick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the, the way you know that they are good is that you, you're hearing more and more national people who really don't like to give any props to the Knicks ever, any New York teams really. Uh, are are talking very highly of them. Uh, you you get the like, but yeah. their schedule in the second half is really hard, and they've played a lot of teams without their stars, or you know teams that are banged up. Uh, they won't be able to keep the defensive rating up. But uh, the, you keep saying that, and they keep winning games. I mean, uh, this team is a. I think becoming so beloved because they're such a throwback to the nineties because they don't win games by shooting the lights out unless they, you know, play teams like the Pistons, but, but, but they're, but but they're winning games like that, that the, the win uh, against the Pacers uh, over the weekend. I mean, Oh, like, I mean, clawing, clawing their way to a victory. How many times did you think they were going to blow that game? Cause for me, I, I said it on this weekend spot. I thought, Early on when they were down by 16 and then when they were down by five um, late after they had a nine point lead in the fourth quarter, I'm like, this is going to be the most depressing night. I don't need this right now in my life. And then. Didn't and RJ Barrett checked in. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize until I, I wrote uh, the Monday newsletter. He had his hand in 11 straight points, all baskets. And then the assist to Randall. That's why all the talk about the missed free throws. Uh, I, I, didn't give a fuck about. I mean, I, same obviously, would have would have been a better narrative <laughs> if he had hit them because they, they were, were nice. important. Yeah, free throws, uh, especially when Nerlens Nerlens Noel hit his free throws. Like you, you hit your free throws, but coming in, hitting that three, getting the three point play, and then finding Randall in the corner for that three. I mean, yeah. all those play, I you completely changed the game. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, it was the most refreshing part of. The weekend it was among the most refreshing parts of the season, at least in like a small, small dose. Um, there's some other things that are refreshing about the season. I, I don't know, man. I, here's my worry. I wrote it today. We're already on, we're already on worries. <laughs> well, no, you, here, okay. you, you asked me, are the Knicks good? Okay. This is okay. But here are my worries. 
That's a that you're a real fan. You're a real fan. That's I'm a real New Yorker. Yes, yes. As are you. Um, we it we it's like I can't believe that I could sit here and actually have a conversation about are the Knicks a good basketball team? Because th- maybe this is the thing we should preface this with. I only think there's like eight to ten good teams in the league at any given time. I don't think there's like 15 good teams and 15 bad teams. I think there's like eight to 10 good ones, maybe five or six like bad ones. And then the rest is like in the juicy middle. And I feel like we're knocking on the door of good, but I can't, um, that's where I'm at right now because of the offense. Cause I just, I don't have any faith that the offense is going to be able to like consistently put together stretches where they're like, okay, we, if we need a bucket, we could get a bucket here, you know? Right. Right. Other than Randall, that's where that's right. my only reservation. But the fact that I can sit here and say that is insane. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. You look at this roster. It's I, I cannot believe that they have a winning record. Cannot, cannot. He's he's How? He's, he's Gandalf. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's Gandalf. He's going to run all of the hobbits into the ground uh, <laughs> by the end of the season. I mean, well, they have big feet, so that's, I don't know if that. Yep. To- oh, that's true. You're up 20 points against like one of the worst teams in basketball with five minutes left. Like put Kevin Knox in. My God, man. Like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? If, if Randall had gotten hurt, like in the last three minutes, that's what I was thinking. Oh my God. That's what I was thinking. Season over. Season over. Yeah. That would, that would have been. And for what? Yeah. That, that's a great question. And I don't, I've been thinking about that today. Um, I just think. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I just thought of this analogy. I promise. If you have like a, like a, who's a really serious method actor that's known for like taking shit way too seriously all the time. Sean Penn. Okay. So if Sean Penn got called in to do an episode of, I don't want to offend anybody. What's a stupid fucking TV show. Uh, call me cat. Just cause the, they air those promos during NBA games console. Call me cat. If call Sean Penn got called out to do call me cat, he's still going to go in there and he's going to Sean pen the fuck out of whatever he has to do. Right. You can't turn that off. Oh, I guess he was on friends. He like had a oh, yeah, stint right. on friends. So man, the list of friends guest stars between Brad Pitt yeah. and was, Clooney was Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Tom Selleck. I mean, that, but that's not, it wasn't a cameo. That was, that's true. That was, a, that's recurring. Was yeah. Recurring. <laughs> Big deal. He should have just played himself on it. He should have just been Tom Selleck on the show. Yeah. Um, we're, we've gone off the rails as we usually do. And, anyway, um, Sean Penn's going to go be Sean Penn. And I don't think you could take the Sean Penn out of Sean Penn. Just like, I don't think you'd take the Tom Thibodeau out of Tom Thibodeau. Um, and it's like, he has this mindset of, I am going to do everything humanly possible to win. And look, there was five minutes left in the game. I think it was an 18 point lead. I'm sure he was looking at it. I was like, ah, I could take these guys out, but two baskets and all of a sudden it gets dicey. And then what do I do? I put him back in. I mean, Derek Rose checking back in for quickly. Like he just like it's, on a back to back, like yeah. uh, he shouldn't be playing this many minutes. Derek Rose. No, no, no. I saw him. I, I noticed, I don't know if anyone else did, but I noticed when he first came out, um, whether it was in the first quarter or like beginning of the second quarter, it must've been the first quarter. He came out and quickly came in uh, and he looked like he was kind of limping. Like he, he had the walk that I have after I go running. Like <laughs> that's, that's, I was like, is that oh, not Derek, what you want? No, I don't, I don't think so. 
I don't think so. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to knock. I don't want to turn this into the knock Tibbs hour. But look, he's that was uh, you know con- I, concerning. You know I love him. You know I stand for him. I think he's. The, I think he's the coach of the year right now. He's got him and Quinn Snyder. It's just them two. I was going through the league. I don't know. I don't even know if there's any anybody else who I would put in serious contention. I think because the Jazz have been so incredibly good. Like I mean, if the Jazz go, he he has to have a leg up. If the Jazz go like fifty five and seventeen and win the one seed by like four or five games, I. I have to think like what would the Knicks have to do to to for tips to win the, they would have to finish probably with the top four seed. Yes. Yeah. Which I should looking at that's the second half schedule. Uh, who are you? What are you most, are you most worried about internal being the issue? Or are you most worried about like just teams like Miami and Toronto and, you know, maybe Boston doing what they do? I don't think Boston and Miami and the Raptors are going to stay where they are. I, I mean, you already see the heat kind of surging again yep. now that they're healthy um, or healthier, you know, and Dragic will be back. I, 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 I just don't, I mean, look, I didn't think that this next team would be where they are at this point in the season, but I have a really, uh, the schedule is really hard and I have a hard time believing that they're going to avoid the play in. That's I, just my gut. No, I, well, here's the only thing I'll say. I think Boston, not to talk about another team too much, but like, I think mm-hmm. Boston's struggles are, are somewhat real. And if they don't make a fundamental alteration to their team, if they don't, you know, give an, get an injection of talent through the, through the, um, that trade exception they have, mm-hmm. I could see, I could see it being close, but I agree with you. The odds are that you just want whatever, I guess the seven seed or the eight seed or, you know, at that yeah. point. But no, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, it's just, it's funny because this, I don't know if you feel this way. It feels like this is kind of snuck up on it. Like it's, I, it, it still doesn't, it feels very recent. It doesn't feel real yet. It feels, I don't know. It's like, we're, it's like, I feel like we were just in this stage of like, okay, the other shoe is going to drop and we're going to be a bottom five team. Okay. We're going to, it's still, we're, we're going to tank and it's going to be, you know, going to get the eighth pick or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, what, where are we in the East? It's, mm-hmm. it's which by the way, pe- people are breaking my balls about the fact that next year's draft is oh, so stacked and that the, you know, everyone's always looking for the angle to kill the Knicks about. So if the Knicks are playing well, then it's like, well, how can we, how can we jab them in another way? It's like, Oh, of course the Knicks are playing well. Like, you know, in another pandemic season with, you know, uh, not you know, now there are fans in the crowd, but but you know, a weird season with a great draft coming up, and of course they're going to squander, uh, you know, what what could have been a really good lottery pick. It's like, oh, I mean, I how many times? I, yeah, how many how many how many eighth picks do we need to screw up before we just make the narrative that the Knicks are getting good now? Like, but it's what's what's more important? I mean, I, honestly, we, we <laughs> you know. I, I, I hate to use the Nets as um, the blueprint, but what they did was really good. And look, if they don't win a championship in the next couple of years, they're probably pretty screwed. But but look at the team that they were able to assemble now. Um, but that Harden deal star driven league, and you need to start making the case for why stars should come. 
Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and no team is going to win a chip because they built solely through the draft. It's just yes. not going to happen. It's just not yes. going to happen. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. The Nets and the Nets didn't have to give away all those picks. They could have stuck with what yeah. they had and the two big guys, and they would have been fine for years and years. I mean, the years. future is out. Like it's out the window. Yes, I mean, now you know, it like, is. The, the long term is is finished, which I'm happy about. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'd rather they just get it over with already. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just and I'm, I'm thinking about like, okay, so just look at the last couple games. We, we played. We saw Josh Jackson, who's number four overall pick. So Marvin Bagley, number two overall pick. Like you could every, and I'm not just cherry picking, just go literally go back any year and there'll be a second pick, a third pick. In some instances, a first pick, a, mm-hmm. you know, a fourth pick, a fifth pick. It's like, it's not again. Yes, the odds increase. But then, you know, when you look at just like PJ Washington put up 42 as, as we're recording this last night for the Charlotte Hornets. That dude was, what was he? Oh my God. The end of that, <laughs> that game. Oh my God. I, I, I felt, it- I actually felt bad for Kings fans. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I was watching that. Oh, my God. That was bad. Oh, Rough. Rough, just really, really rough. Um, and 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 but Tyrese Halliburton, the eleventh pick. You know, it's like you you just needless to say, Emmanuel quickly. Who I'm sure we're going to mention it a bit. Um, you just have to be good at what you do with drafting and developing, and it's and and that's where that's where the second first round pick comes in, right? Because who knows? Maybe the Knicks would if they had if they had two choices in the top 15 instead of one, we would have Halliburton and top. Listen, you never know. Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know how to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you could get all this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into this program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. 
All right, you want to get into some some awards? Let's do it. Before actually, before we do, did you watch the Golden Globes? I did not. I was watching the game, which was on at the same time, and then uh, yeah, didn't watch the the recast the the West Coast feed. Uh, you know, I, as I get older, uh, especially being in the business, I'm just more and more bitter, and I don't like to watch the award <laughs> shows as much. If I'm being honest, and they also they're they're I I don't know if it's just because like you know we're older and things just like aren't as pristine, but like I felt when we were younger, award shows were just much better produced and much like. The, the Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg era of award shows were just like much better. Crystal was, that was the peak awesome. for yeah. me. It was yeah. best. Nothing is, Whoopi was good, but Crystal was, yeah. Fun. Those, I mean, at, at least in my family, like we lived for those, like the opening montages of him, like, you know, pre-Photoshop, like him superimposed in like the best picture nominees and all that stuff. It was like, it was gold. I still now remember like, when they- eh, when they wheeled him out it, for the silence of the lambs bit with the, with the full, remember that? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he was, he was awesome, but no, we, was, my wife wanted to watch it. So I spent most of the night watching the Knicks on my laptop. And then at a certain point, talk about how far the Knicks have come. She's like, put on the Nick game. I'd rather watch the Nick game than this crap. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's more interesting. Um, I think they were up by 20 at that point, but, uh, so anyway, we're going to 2021 little... put on the Nick game. <laughs> 2021. What a, what a, what a world. Incredible. Um, so we're going to do the first annual, uh, 40 awards. We're going to give out some, some very, very special awards to, um, some Knicks for, for their performances, um, in this basketball season, uh, to qualify for a 40 award, you had to just catch our eye. Um, I don't know hmm. the qualifications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds a little um, creepy, but <laughs> we've <laughs> try not to be creepy, especially coming off the last episode. Um, do you, I, so do you want to, uh, I could go first. Do you, do you want to go first? You tell me. You go first. You go. First. Okay. I'll go. First. Um, okay. I am going to start off. I'm going to start off nice and light. I'm going to give out the Herb Williams good teammate award. Mm. To a guy that I want to retire in Nick, and I actually have had notions about trying to find his jersey, and that's Theo Pinson. Oh, I am yeah. convinced more than Tibbs, more than Leon Rose, more than Julius Randle, the man responsible for the 2020-21 New York Nick basketball season success is Theo Pinson. I love that dude. Oh, he's fantastic. Fantastic. I, I, I mean, can just it, watch him on the bench the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I... Anytime other teams like are celebrating like like we do, I find it so obnoxious. But <laughs> Theo Pinson is he's just the best at it. He's the best at it. Well, because it's real. Like I don't yeah. know if you if you notice, he doesn't sit. I don't even think he has his seat on the bench. I think they just gave away his seat. They probably gave it away to like a fan or something. He just, he's standing the whole time. Yeah, like it's just yeah. I don't like and and God bless him for being for embracing that. Because, like, think about it. Like, you've worked your whole life to get to this point, and it's like, I'm cool. I know what a, my job is. It's not to play basketball, even though I'm ostensibly. He's eight. like, I know. I know. Even when we're up twenty against the Pistons, I'm not going to get in this game, <laughs> and that's okay. You know. Right. Oh God, we love you, Theo Pinson. Um, all right, you're you're up. Who do you want to give an award to? Uh, I'm going to give um, the Anthony Mason. Tough guy award Ooh. to Nerlens Noel. Oh, he, I love it. 
He's been insane. Like, I, like I, I, I mean, he played 41 minutes uh, against the Pacers, including Sabonis, like what looked kind of purposely like falling on his leg because out of frustration. And those those dirty, dirty. What what country is he from? Before I insult the wrong country. Is he Serbian? No, I don't think he's Serbian. Is he? Lith- no, not Lithuanian. I'm gonna look it up. Whatever. It's it, it, ter- ter- Oh wait, it, okay, Andrew's looking it up for us. <laughs> we're, we're pissing off some Eastern European. We're, I'm gonna piss off somebody. I don't yeah. care. Uh, he's Lithuanian. He Lithuanian. Dirty, go, dirty the Lithuanians. Yeah. I should know. His his father was on that on that uh, Lithuanian '92 Olympic team, right? Oh yeah, because that was before he came over to, uh, um, to the Blazers. Yeah. So we should know that. Um, Bad job by us. But yeah, Nerlens, man, like, look, what he, what his skill set is different than Mitch's. Um, you know, he has rocks for hands. Um, he's not giving you much on the offensive. Uh, and it, besides, like, what felt like a, a million um, offensive rebounds last night against the Pistons. Yeah, I had a bunch. Um, but what he gives you on defense, my God, the guy gives you every ounce of himself. Um, and I'm sure... Um, it was not easy for him to not know what his position on this team was going to be like when the season started. It looked like he was out of the rotation for a hot second. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was playing quite badly. Um, he looks comfortable now. Um, he can actually set screens. I love you, Mitch, but Mitch, Mitch is still, you know, (laughs) he's like a wet noodle. I looked it up this morning. The um, RJ's uh, the offensive rating with RJ and Noel on the floor is considerably higher than than it is when he's out there with Mitch. Which could listen, it could be coincidence, but yeah, I don't know. Noel like he doesn't mind doing the dirty. Not to, I'm not to say that Mitch minds, but he's he doesn't do it as well as Noel the dirty yeah. the dirty stuff. And look, there's certain you know there. The athleticism of, of Mitch and, um, you know, a lot, a lot of things Mitch does, uh, New Orleans will, will never be able to do. But, you know, we're starting to get into territory where you're like, this is a guy that you, I, that you should probably extend just to bring him, bring him back next year. Be Mitch's backup again. I mean, uh, you know, obviously a lot of stuff up, the, up in the air about what the roster is going to look like and, and if they're going to do anything at the trade deadline and whatnot. But um, I, this is, he's a guy I, I, at this point, I'm like, keep this guy on the Knicks. So I'm happy you said that he's, he's not like 32. He's 26 years old, you know? Yeah. Um, and can I, can I give you a nerd? Cause I was going to give him an award, but I'll, I'll I'm going to give you the stat. Okay. Here's the stat. You ready? Um, he is currently averaging uh, 3.4 blocks and, and 1.6 steals per 36 minutes. Um, it is the second time in his career that he has accomplished this because he accomplished it back in 2018-19 for Oklahoma City. There have only been three players in NBA history to pull off that same fee. Uh, uh, the, I, what were the parameters I used? Three blocks per 36 and one and a half steals per 36. Three guys have ever done it twice. About, mm. Like about 20-something people, I think, have done it in total. Three guys have done it twice. We're going to play a little guessing game. Two, you're not going to get the third one, but I think you get the first two. They're pretty obvious. Go Bear? No, think older. Think, think oh, 90s. Oh, older? 90s. 
Uh, I mean, Pat. No, I actually, that's Not a good Pat? one. He didn't, he didn't have the steals. I don't think. Yeah. The steals Western conference, Western conference, bigs. Olajuwon. Olajuwon is one. He did it. I think, uh, in the back of my mind, I didn't want to mention his name cause he, you know, it's broke my heart as a child. Holy shit. But- he did it eight times. He did it almost a third of the amount of times that this has ever been done. God, he was, he's really so, good. So good. Um, uh, an Elijah Wan rival. Uh, Malone. No, he didn't have the blocks. He probably had the steals though. Those, those, those postal workers are very, they've, they've swipey hands. Robinson. Yes. Robinson. Okay. And then, and then the third guy, I could not believe this. Bo outlaw. Pulled this off twice. Oh my God. What? Yeah, I know. Crazy. But Noel's, Noel's on pace to do it for a second time. And he's 26 years old. He's making $6 million a year or this year. And then he's an unrestricted free agent, but they have, they'll have his limited bird rights. Um, I don't know. Like that, that's the thing where, you know, we keep talking about Mitch and extending him and giving him 10, 12, 13 plus million dollars a year. It's it's a dicey question if you got no welcoming in and doing this stuff. Right. It's tough for Mitch, man, because out of sight, out of mind now, I feel like everybody starts, the, 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 the chatter starts, you know, the chatter starts. He's having a really good year, though. I know. God, poor, poor, poor fucking kid, man. When that game he got injured, he was. No, he was tearing it up. It was the best game of his career. Not even close. Yep. yep. Um, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go up again. All right. So my, my next award, what do I want to give now? All right. This is a J.R. Smith award for giving, for having just no, no conscious giving zero fucks. And it's going to go to Emmanuel quickly. Um, did you know, did you know, David Futternick, Emmanuel quickly is leading the Knicks in field goal attempts per 36 minutes (laughs) more than Julius Randall, who is an NBA all-star. Emmanuel quickly. And, and more than that, I don't, I don't, I uh, can I, should I read off this entire list of the, it's not that long. Can I give you the only guys in the NBA who have played more than 500 minutes and are averaging more field goal attempts for 36 minutes? Please. Just I'll, I'll do it quick. Beal, Vucevic, Curry, Doncic, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Lillard, Jordan Clarkson, probable six man of the year, Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Giannis, D'Angelo Russell, Oladipo, Levine, LeBron, John Wall, um, he who shall not be named that plays in Dallas, uh, Joel Embiid, Kawhi, Devin Booker, Kimball Walker, Russ, KD, Andre Drummond, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Trey Young, only outlier, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Ingram, Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, and then Anthony Edwards and John Morant. And then I think the Brooks thing is because that team was so decimated so by injuries yeah. and they yeah, needed yeah. somebody to take shots and he's kind of a gunner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never, I, besides Dylan Brooks, I've never heard of any of those guys, but I, tr- I trust <laughs> that that was important. An important stat. It's just, he just <laughs> is, is coming in. He's absolutely firing away when it's funny because now he's playing with Frank who we've been watched. This is now our fourth year watching him. And the critique the whole time is like, you know, be aggressive. Can't get can't get rid of the ball fast enough. Still, and yeah, yeah. I love it though. I, I we needed somebody like this, and that's why it's yes. like I was, someone asked me about him versus, versus Halliburton after a game the other night. And I'm like, I think without making proclamations about who's going to have the better career and who's going to be the better player, I feel like quickly was the guy this team needed right now. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. The thing about Halliburton, like, and look, I I wanted him with. Did you? I I I, I did. I really really did. I I, I did not want to be topping. Uh, and that was before we knew Julius Randle was going to play like this. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, there's been enough OB slander. I'm not going to slander OB too much, but, um, but Halburn's, uh, stroke is uh, like, it's like ball brother, uh, kind of stroke. Like I just, it's, it's not, not pretty to watch. So no. quickly is, uh, I, I'm, I'd much rather uh, see him shoot floaters and the three point shot is just unbelievable. And especially, you know, I mean, he has games where he forces it. Like last night he for- he was forcing it. Um, a little bit, yeah. but man, you just, you get flashes of what he's going to be like in the next, like two years or so, you know, I mean, I think we're getting exciting. There. It's funny. It's funny. You say uh ball brother and you mentioned him, you mentioned Halliburton with ball brother. I just looked up uh, threes per 36 minutes. Um, Emmanuel quickly, 8.6. The guy right ahead of him, Lonzo Ball, 8.9. <laughs> How you doing? Um, yeah, I love Emmanuel quickly. All right, um, mm. you're, you're up. Who, who you got? I'm gonna, So these are off the cuff. I love uh, it. The, but, but that's, uh, you're, you're an improvisation master here. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, yes. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm famous and I'm improvisational master. Okay. I'm just I'm uh, guessing sure, you up. Sure, sure. Um, I'm going to give the uh, the Jeff Van Gundy biggest grump award, and this is like we're New Yorkers. We love we love grumps. We do. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, just uh, what an all star grump. I mean, oh I'm my never God. happy. I'm never happy, we, David. I, I love it. <laughs> they they were like, oh, uh, Breen was like, oh, there are actually fans here at uh, Little Caesars Arena too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All five of them were there last night. You could was just he trying hear? to insult them <laughs> yeah. by with the friends and family comment? Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I think Clyde said something like, he was like "It was oh, Clyde. It was like, it's just friends." And don't really hear many people in the crowd, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I loved it because you you could hear uh, Tibbs screaming at them with like three minutes left uh, on the broadcast. Like, oh, what a just absolute. Angry, angry, perfect New Yorker. Which, I, by the way, he's he's actually from uh, like right outside of uh, Hartford, where I grew yeah. up. So yeah, from New Britain. So uh, yeah, we're we're very grumpy people around those parts. So uh, you have good pizza. Why would you be grumpy? That's true. You have no reason to be grumpy. Yeah, like water, water. You know, you got the water well, right you, there. You know what? Because we're a little too close to Boston. That I think. Oh, no. that's the problem. Who are the most miserable people in the on the Northeast? I mean, New Yorkers, we, we get we get some good miserable, uh, you know, sometimes. But Connecticut, I don't know, is, New, like people in New Hampshire, maybe because they're so oh, forgotten. I, I'd be Ro- I mean, probably Rhode Island. Probably I Rhode like Island. Rhode Island. Rhode Island's a happy place. Yeah, but also their accents are like Boston on crack too. You're like, ah, Calmari, Calmari. I'm like, whoa. Get me out of the state, which will only take me about five minutes to get out of the state. So get me out of here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking. My my wife had never seen Mystic Pizza. We watched it a few weeks ago. Ah, good movie. Good it movie. is a great great movie. Great yeah, movie. very enjoyable. Um, okay, off the rails yet again. We're gonna come back on. <laughs> oh, that was the other uh, Dolores story I want to tell. She, I pointed the Tibbs yelling out um, to her when we were watching, and she's like. 
what's he saying? I can't understand anything he's saying. I'm like, you're not, that's not the point. You're not supposed to understand what he's saying. Right. He's yelling at grown men like they're, right. like they're children playing a, a you know a CYO game or something. It's fantastic. Um, oh, love it. Okay, we're, let's give out one one more. Uh, I won't make you do any more off the cuff. Um, no, I want to give a, a quick quick aside one, and then I'm going to give out my main one. My quick one is the Kurt Thomas Old Man River Award, which is going to Taj Gibson. <laughs> oh yeah, thirty five years young. Love it. Oldest guy on the team by three years now that Derek Rose is here. Um, did you know Kurt Thomas started 17 games for the 2012-13 Knicks at the age of 40? I do not remember that. I don't either, but he did. I did, I looked it up today. I do not associate him with that with a, a team in that year. <laughs> a team that more that recent. Well, he he was on there and he he played, you know, meaningful meaningful minutes um he did he averaged 2.5 points per game that season <laughs> but he was he was here um but yeah no, I, I love kurt thomas i love kurt thomas i mean he's i think of every former player other than i guess like ewing any former nick i think there's a part of me that we, I, I would want to talk to kurt as much as anyone who would you sure. want to do on a podcast former players is there oh, anybody well, that stands he, out? Yeah, because he went to my high school, and he's so he's a he's a Hartford High um, legend on top of being a Knicks legend. But Marcus Camby, oh, that's my dude. That'd be fun. He seems I was like a fun so guy. oh god when he when he came over, I was like you know like twelve thirteen years old, and I was over the moon the first time when he it was the, the, first, um, the first time. Yeah, we, we don't need to talk about the set, his. Hey, he was on that team. He was on the 2013 team. So, you know. But that was weird. <laughs> it was a little weird. He was, he was getting them that's, checks. That's, uh, that's up there with Kurt Thomas being on the 2012 team. Yeah, except Kurt Thomas started 17 games. <laughs> true, I don't know how true. many minutes. Uh, let's see. What did uh, Marcus Camby. Wow. Marcus Camby, Marcus Camby started four games for that team. There you go. <laughs> when did that happen? Memorable minutes, I'm sure. Oh yeah, but no the fir- the first trade was the oh my god I can't remember to get this wrong was that the the Oakley trade that was the Oakley, was Oakley trade too. yeah Oakley. Oakley trade okay yeah. oh those were good do you remember uh, of of course you remember but the, the the conference finals when afterwards Larry Bird was like Camby was the best player in the series oh. might maybe a top Anything five sweeter. moment oh it was just a- to to fuck over Indiana and Boston in one go oh fantastic. Because our best player, Patrick Ewing, was still, you know, more or less our he, he had the rep of the best player, and he dropped, and the guy that took his place more or less was like the best player in the seats. Oh God, awesome stuff! Come back, Marcus Camby. We could still pay you. We'll pay you. You know, be an assistant coach or something. Um, no, but my real, my real last award is speaking of Ewing, my Patrick Ewing, how you like me now award, which is going to go to Julius Randall. I'm going to explain this one. Okay. Somebody asked me, Johnny Caps on Twitter, um, asked me a week or two ago. He's like, has anyone ever um, like fallen out of favor with Nick fans and had a better comeback than Julius Randle? And I really, I went, I looked, I tried to, like no one came close. And the only guy that I could think of is Ewing. But the, the, the falling out of favor, I, he never really fell out of favor because people loved him. But by the end, I feel like the fan base was kind of ready to, to move on. And ever since some within the fan base, not all the fan base, some within the fan base ready to move on. And then since he's been gone, all I do is look back on those years and I'm like, my 
God, how good we had it. Um, yeah. So, but Julius is doing that in as an actual player still. And it's just, um, yeah. Unbelievable. I cannot believe it. I would, you know, I, uh, I mean, I was one of the many people who wanted him gone as fast as possible. And now it feels ridiculous that we ever, ever, ever thought that. I mean, we, I feel like even like a few weeks ago, there was like, a lot of conversations still happening about like, well, should we sell him high now? And all, yeah. you know, uh, I feel like even that's dying down because it's it's pretty obvious now that we we have a, a huge piece, huge piece for the future. Can you trade him right now? Like, I don't mean like li- like literally. Can you trade him? I'm like, can you? It would be a revolt. <laughs> I don't know. And again, this is not a new topic. I've touched on this on on the podcast, you know, several times. But there, I- there's no way you could possibly get a return that would make enough sense to even do it. You know, I mean like the, the teams that would be interested in, in getting him don't have enough to give us. And the teams that have enough to give us wouldn't do it either. So it's just like, there's, there's just, there's no reason to even have the conversation, you know, this, this is our guy right now. And hopefully this is our, one of our guys in in the future. So I, I mean, wow. I cannot believe that, we are above 500. I was about to say, what's, what's the Julius most surprising all star? Like my God, not only is he also, he's an all star that we're sitting here and be like, you can't trade Julius. Like right. we're not taking calls. Don't pick up the, don't pick up the red card. Yeah, don't look at my tweets from November. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, this is, we're in the, we're in the midst of it now. And it's like, I'm almost, I'm almost afraid to think about where the season's going to go because it feels like this could be one of those. And I say this, not thinking that they're going to do anything this year, but it still feels like this could be like kind of one of those magical years that you get as a sports fan every now and then where it's like, Hey, remember that plucky, you know, team that, you know, did did this or that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it feels like we're in the midst of it. And it, I don't know. I'm, this is more, I mean, Maybe it's revisionist history, but this is more fun to me than the 2013 season was. I, I, you know, I was also not a big mellow guy personally. Um, I had more fun watching J.R. Smith on that team than I did mellow. I know Mello's one of the greatest shooters ever. Fantastic offensive player. Just never really clicked for me. And I know that there is a wave of younger fans than us. And mellow is their guy. You know, and I'm, I and I understand why he was the star player. Um, but to me, this is more fun um, than that season was so far. And maybe that's a, like a, somewhere between a lukewarm and a hot take. It's, no, I, don't I don't think it's such a hot take, especially for guys of our age. No, I was about to say it's not a hot take if you actually sat and experienced both because that that season was so strange. Because they they started with that opening night blowout of Miami, who was the defending world champs, mm-hmm. and then it was before you knew it, it was six and zero. They were the last undefeated team in the league, and it's like, oh, holy shit! And like there was, there was like where we are right now, where we're like, are, are, are the Knicks good? The Knicks are good, right? I think the Knicks are good. Are we? How, how good are we? There was none of that. It was within two a week and a half essentially, or two two weeks. It was like, oh, okay, so the Knicks are one of the four or five best teams in the league. And that's just yeah. how it is. Mm-hmm. And then the whole year was kind of just riding that wave, even though it was weird. Like aside from 
like they started hot and they finished hot. And then for like the middle portion of the season, they were essentially a 500 team. So it was kind of a funky season like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were the expectations, which were tough because, and they were, they reared their head in the playoffs. And obviously, you know, I wanted to play that heat team so bad, man. Oh, I wanted to get to the conference finals so bad. See, and that then, doesn't hit me because I think they were Roy lost. Hibbert. <laughs> I mean, it sucked losing to the Pacers, obviously, but that th- yeah. does that really eat it? It does. T- you, you're as old as me, almost. I think um, that doesn't eat at you like some of the '90s things eat. Like the '90s shit oh will God. eat at me until the day I die. The 2012-13 season does not eat at me because I don't think they would have beaten LeBron. Game seven in '94 will never, like, there'll never be a more devastating oh, sporting event ever, ever. Why would you? Why do you have I to? Cry. I, I, I cry? I didn't name specific. I just was. <laughs> I generally had to go do that. Well, there were two finals in our generation. One of them we didn't expect to even be there, so it was like house money. '94 um, should have won, and um, that will always that will always just kill me. So, you know, sport also, I find for me, like sports mattered so much more um, when I was a child. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, my friends who are Bulls fans that bitch and moan now that the, the Bulls have been so bad for so long. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> you know, you had you get to root for Michael Jordan when you were a child. Like, there's nothing better than that. I mean, um, you won the sports fan lot. It's like yeah, if you I mean, get to do that. Yeah, you won the sports I'm a, fan I'm, I'm a Yankees fan. I will never complain about a goddamn thing to, uh, you know, Claudio's got his Mets hat on. I will never complain <laughs> to my relatives who are Mets fans because I, I have nothing to stand on. Nothing to stand on. I got to root for Jarek Jeter, you know, when I was a child. Like, that's awesome. Awesome. So, no, 2013 will never, uh, you know, keep me up at night like, uh, like, like the 90s, uh, you know, like the the Reggie a points and you know, shit like that, uh, that, that stuff will always be harder because things mattered more back then. They know? did. Um, but then again, there, I'm sure there are, there's some 22 year old kid listening to this right now, 23 year old, you know, I shouldn't call you them a kid, whatever, 22, 23 year old person right now. How old is Chris Percy? I think he's like 19 now, 18, whatever he is um, listening to this uh, and is like, no, that was the most devastating thing ever. How dare you belittle my childhood? Fuck off, David. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, I, I told him this, but he when when I was his age, um, he was born. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I just got I just put two and two together. Wow. Uh, if that old. doesn't make you feel fucking old. <laughs> So you know what? If 2013 was the excruciating part of his childhood, fuck you, Chris. Uh, well, look, he, he, you still he, have your youth, okay? Here's my, here's my hope. I, I feel like every every it, like we we are huge NBA fans. Obviously, I, I'm, I'll give you the plug ahead of time, even though I'm going to make you do it again. Um, Super Hoopers podcast. You guys talk about the NBA um, and you follow this sport as closely as I do. And you, you know, when you're seeing the rise of a team, that's going to be around for a while. And like, when you get that first season, right. As it's happening and you're like, Oh shoot, there, this is, this is a thing now this is happening. And 
if, 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 massive if, if Leon Rose can like really has this ship headed in the right direction, we're in the midst of that season right now. And so, yeah, no, we should enjoy the absolute hell out of this. Um, and it, and it, it, I have no issue with you saying it's, it's more special than 2012, 13 for that reason in particular. Yeah. Cause um, it feels like there, the, something is actually being built. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're on our way. I hope so. Um, on our way faster than I think any of us could have expected. So, you know, you know, it's going to be great when this uh, podcast drops and they lost by 45 to the Spurs. <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah it's gonna happen we i mean we we just blame us that's fine right yeah yeah um okay uh this has been a lot of fun i have to go um cook dinner for my still pregnant wife i don't think she's given birth in the last hour um can't be sure never know um <laughs> never know. but before i do uh david futternick can you please let folks know at home all of the places that they could find you see you hear you experience your aura if you will Ooh. Well, you can experience my aura uh, at the Stone Store on uh, 13th Street and First Ave. Uh, I'm off in there, stones, crystals. Um, we, we have some really beautiful stuff, beautiful items coming in. Um, when I'm not there, uh, you can find me at David Feudernick uh, on Twitter uh, and Instagram, uh, at the Super Hoopers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we are an NBA comedy podcast. Don't come to us for your analytics because we don't talk about them. Uh, and also for Sopranos fans, you can find me at O Sopranos Pod. Uh, we are going episode by episode covering the show, The Sopranos from HBO, starring First James Gandolfini. And uh, we're, we're in season four right now. And uh, it's been a delight. That was a week. John was on. John was on. I was on. It was a lot of fun. I didn't want the episode to end. Um, that was a week. Oh. <laughs> oh. There it is. Um, and, and of course, look for David Fodernick on a television screen near you. Just don't look at MSG's commercials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After Do dark. not look up a show called Rivals on MSG that I may or may not have been on because it is. It's a bad look for me. I'll put it that way. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> um, when you were when you were saying that we're not an analytics podcast for Super Hoopers, I um, I realized we didn't mention the Nate Duncan uh, tweet uh, <laughs> from the other night. <laughs> it was so bad that, like, I mean, like, I have issues with the Dunk Dunk guys, uh, and. Uh, a lot of our brand on Super Hoopers is ragging on what we call smart guy NBA. You know, yeah. people taking all the joy out of uh, a game of a ball being put in a hoop. But uh, I, d- he got dragged so fucking bad that I, I did start to, I did start to feel a little bad. Like little when bit. you have like Bleacher Report guys like making videos, like edited videos about why you need to like go away. I mean, that's that's. A little excessive. <laughs> when when David Fudderick is saying that it, it's excessive, it's excessive. That's how you know. Yeah, because I know was, excessive. You know. <laughs> yeah, Judging from my, my live tweets during Knicks games, you know I know excessive. Okay. Uh, some that may or may not have to do with the film Uncut Gems. Yes, uh, that's right. 
I do know that you know. All right, this was awesome. Um, go go follow. Me, if you're not, what? let me just say, Mazlatov oh. uh, in the future, incredible. Uh, your second child. Um, I was a second child, and I mean, second children are, I think, often just much more of a delight. Um, you know, I don't know your daughter. She seems lovely. Um, she's but, overrated already. Uh, she's overrated. And you know what? This child is going to be uh, just just much better. I can only already feel it. Second child is better. Always. I, um, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm just I'm really happy to hear you say that. Can I, I also nervous. say? Yes. Are you like the <clears throat> like Popovich of like Nick's podcast? Because I think about like, so you, you groom Jeremy Cohen and now he is, you know, he's a, a fantastic podcaster in his own right. I, you yes. know, I listened to the, the, the pod he did with Schwinney. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then now you have Chris Persianen, your, your latest, you know, uh, student. And now he's really taken off. So you're, you're, uh, you're the kingmaker. I am podcast kingmaker. What are, you, what are you doing to me here? Um, I am a guy that uh, had extra space in his laundry room. And now I talk about basketball in it. That is what I am. And you do it very friend. well. And you do it very well. Uh, you're stopping. Okay. We're cutting you off. That's it. You're done. Um, <laughs> Always a pleasure, John. Always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Um, go, go follow David. If you're, if you're not already for some odd reason, he's, he's the, a great follow, uh, great podcaster in his own right. Great actor, great everything. And he's a great friend. Um, so thank you for coming on. Um, and uh, don't forget, give us a review, uh, rating, all the all the things. And uh, we will be back with you with another episode on uh, Friday with uh, another uh, very special guest. Until then, we will talk to you soon. Bye.